This is the Sergio Rodriguez Show. Welcome, everybody, to the Sergio Rodriguez Show, a show unlike any other. Today, week nine in the NFL, a week that saw a crazy, crazy amount of upsets. Uh, Three teams off the top of my head that lost as huge favorites, two double-digit favorites, one seven-point favorite, two of those guys at home. Uh, Just a weird week in the league, a league that also gave a lot of the middle-road teams in the NFC a lot of hope, right? I mean, teams like the Giants now with three wins think they can get in to the wild-card spot. I mean, if the playoffs started today, the Falcons are in. How incredible is that? The Falcons, who missed an opportunity uh, two weeks ago at home when they when they had the Panthers, they could have been really in the driver's seat of a wild card spot. And then you have those teams in the NFC that we haven't mentioned. Philly, who's three and six and has a tiebreaker over the Giants. Minnesota, who has more lives than a cat. I always say that they're three and five. They're still alive. The Bears, even though they lost on Monday night, three and six, they're only a game out. Carolina, who has basically had the tale of two seasons at four and five, still in. Seattle, who loses Russell Wilson for a third of the season, gets him back supposedly this weekend. They're still alive with three with a three and five record. And the uh, 49ers, who everyone tells me was gonna win the Super Bowl, but I keep on telling people you can't win a Super Bowl when you have the fourth best quarterback in a division. Is still I'm all listen, unless you have the Ravens 2000 defense or the Bears 85 defense, they're three and five with a very favorable schedule. So it's gonna be a crazy, crazy last eight weeks of the NFL season. And, I mean, teams have a shot, which is, I think, what the NFL is going to love because it means they have to flex less games and, obviously, uh, it creates more buzz around the, the league with the fans. What it also does is... It almost guarantees you that more people are going to be alive and playing during the fantasy weeks towards the end. That was one of the big concerns when they added the extra game in the NFL, how the fantasy stuff would work out. But I, the way the league's shaping out, it looks like there's going to be a lot of teams that are going to be involved. So let's get started with week nine in the NFL. Fairfield Physical Therapy Center, located in the Fairfield Commons, Suite G106, is owned and operated by Justin Solotov, who has over 20 years of experience in the field of orthopedic physical therapy. Call Justin at 973-276-1313 and stop living with pain and discomfort. Epic Car Service. Epic Car Service is recognized as the number one Car service in New York City by medical standards. Located in the Bronx, New York, Epic Car Service will make your commute a safe and comfortable experience. Call Epic at 718-401-3742 or 844-666-6278. Loser Auto Body, located at 27 Austin Street in Newark, provides top-of-the-line service to make your collision experience as smooth as possible. Go to lucimer.com or call them at 973-824-0113 and tell Paul that Sergio sent you. And yeah, just give him my first name. He'll know who it is. Monday night, Chicago traveled to Pittsburgh And, uh, you know, that game, 14-3 at the half. Not much going on. It looked like the Steelers were totally in control. But not much going on in the game. And 
all of a sudden in the fourth quarter, 30 points. The game became actually a really entertaining game. And it's weird. This is why you can't look at stats. In this game, which I believe the Steelers clearly dominated for three quarters. They were outscored yardage-wise 414 to 280. The Steelers only threw for a buck 75. They had the time of possession by about nine minutes, 34 to 26. And they had seven less penalties for 85 less yards. One terrible call also. One terrible call also. A personal foul. It was just almost disgusting how these referees affect these games. Justin Fields showed some life. And Bears fans are pretty happy. I mean, he was only 17 for 29. Had one touchdown. Had an interception. But he showed some life. Eight carries for 45 yards. Bears ran for a buck 36, which isn't hard when your quarterback is getting 45. But the Bears have a little bit of hope right now. I don't believe Justin Fields is going to be this great player. I shouldn't say that. This great quarterback. He's a pretty good football player. How he develops and throws the ball from the pocket ultimately is going to decide how much of an effect he has on this game. The Steelers, on the other hand, put themselves dead smack in the playoff race. They're 5-3 and three now, a game behind Baltimore. Their schedule does get tough. Their schedule is very tough after this week. They have Detroit at home this week. They should get to 6-3. and three. Question is, how do they get to 10 wins? They have the Chargers and the Bengals both on the road. The Ravens, the Vikings, Titans, Chiefs, Browns, and Ravens. That's a tough schedule. That's a tough schedule. I'm not sure nine wins can get it. Because you have too many teams that already have five. The Pats, Cleveland, Cincinnati. And then if you go to the West, you have the Chargers, Raiders, KC, and Denver just got back in the mix after their big win at Dallas. You know, and the Broncos have a favorable schedule. They have the Eagles this week at home. They have Detroit still at home. And they get to play the Bengals also at home. Now, they do have to go on the road more more often than not, but they should have an opportunity if they play defense the way they did this weekend and and are able to run the ball to get there. I don't think they will, but the other three teams are going to be in the mix. That's the thing that I believe is going to hurt the Steelers. Chicago's got a bye coming up this week, and the Steelers are home to Detroit. The Falcons, 27-25 to over the Saints. Another crazy game. Another game that through three quarters was 17-3. to And then in the fourth quarter, explosion, 32, 32 points. 32 points. Matt Ryan, 23 for 33, 43 and two touchdowns. Simeon didn't play that bad either statistically. 25 for 41, 249 and two touchdowns. You know, the big thing here in this game with the uh, 
with the Falcons was that they were able to win a game where they only rushed for 34 yards. 34 yards. But they didn't turn the ball over. And in the fourth quarter, they made the plays that needed to be made to hold on to win that game. And I told people after Winston went down that, first of all, the Saints were going to be up and down the entire season anyway. They had had a winning record, but they were going to be up and down because Winston was not very consistent anyway. I felt that they were game managing him anyway. But what you saw was Simeon come in two weeks ago, play well, but then come back this week with film out there. And that when that happens, these NFL defensive coordinators are too good. And for three quarters, that's what you saw. And the Falcons put themselves dead smack back in the middle of this playoff race in the NFC. And the Falcons have a lot of good tiebreakers. Let me look at the Falcons' schedule here. They're four and four. Now, look, they might run into a buzzsaw this week going into Dallas, coming off that loss. But they're home to the Patriots, the Jaguars, home to Tampa, at Carolina, at 49ers, Detroit, Bills, and the the Saints. They could get to nine wins. If they could get to nine wins, they're going to be in. They're going to be nine, I think, could do Eight might do it. Nine will definitely probably do it in, uh, will definitely do it in the, in the NFC. The way everything is shaping up. The Falcons are at Dallas. The Saints are at Tennessee. The Jaguars, in one of the better baseball games you'll see, beat the Bills nine to six. You know, <laughs> Give Urban Meyer some credit. I mean, he gets killed a lot for a lot of various things. But his team, even after the whole situation with the with the woman at the bar and him not taking the flight, they've stayed committed to playing hard. And the Jaguars did it again. They 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 went in there and they shut down Josh Allen, who was 31 for 47, 264, zero touchdowns, and two interceptions. They also held Buffalo down to the tune of 72 yards. Now, look, Buffalo doesn't run the ball particularly well as a team, but they always go over 100 because Josh Allen contributes 50 or 60 of those. Jacksonville only had 218 yards of offense, but hey, at the end of the day, it was about the defense. And Buffalo could not move the ball on this team, and they basically left the door open now in that division. I don't believe they're not going to win the division, but what they've done is they've almost sacrificed that one seed right now if they don't pick it up. I didn't think Buffalo would lose another game on their schedule. between the Titans game, which they lost, and when they played, I guess it's Tampa Bay in mid-December. But they just lost one. And they still have to go to the Jets, Colts, Saints, and the Pats again. Well, not again because they haven't played them, but, you know, the Pats. The interesting thing is that they've given hope to other teams now in that division, particularly New England. Very interesting coming down the stretch now because Buffalo has not been firing on all cylinders. They've been good, but not firing on all cylinders even in games that they've won. Buffalo is at the Jets next week. The Jaguars are home. Oh, no, I'm sorry. The Jaguars are at Indianapolis. The Browns 41 to 16 over the Bengals. And this is a very simple one. 
All you got to say here is no Odell equals victory. There's a reason why the Browns have a winning record when Odell Beckham does not play. They released him during the week. All of a sudden, Baker Mayfield can throw to the tune of 14 for 21 and two touchdowns. Nick Chubb with a huge run to break the game open, 14 carries for a buck 37 and two touchdowns. There are certain guys who are just cancers. And no matter where you put them, they're fun suckers. And Odell Beckham is a fun sucker. If he's not the number one option, he's not happy. He wants to be featured. And he's an ad lib guy at the receiver position on a team that is run oriented, screen oriented, and does everything on timing. It's just not going to work. But on top of that, he's also under the impression that he's Devontae Adams. Good luck to whoever decides to pick him up and take a flyer on him. Joe Burrow, 28 for 40, 282, no touchdowns, two interceptions, one big pick six early in the game. The Browns are at New England in what should be a phenomenal game. The Bengals have a bye. The Broncos, 30-16 to 16 over the Cowboys, a phenomenal win. Just an ass-kicking by the Broncos. That game was 30-0. Don't, don't let that 14-point spread fool you. That game was 30-0. The Cowboys looked out of rhythm, out of sync from the start. Dak looked like he hadn't played in three months, let alone... Three weeks. Drop passes all over the place. But I'm going to tell you something that's very, that was concerning to me watching the game. First drive, Cowboys come out, get the ball at midfield. They go for it on fourth down. They don't get it. It was fourth and short from... About the 41-42 yard line. You know what? I get it. Going for that one. But here's where, where I don't. Then they, they they go. They they force a three and out. They get the ball back. And they drive it. Now they're at the 19 yard line. With a fourth and about three. And they don't kick the field goal. To go up three nothing. You can't disrespect your opponent in this league. And to me that was a total disrespect of who you were playing. Because there's no way if you're playing the Rams, you're not kicking that field goal. And if you go up 3-0 there after the start that you had, that game is different. Because with the Broncos, it's very simple. They're not going to score on a usual game more than 17 to 20 points. But you got to make them want to throw the ball. If you allow them to play two-way, run, pass, they're a, they're a legitimate NFL team. Particularly because the defense is pretty good. And the Cowboys went in there as a 10-point favorite like they were playing Madden. And you can't do that. You can't do that. So let's see how they bounce back against Atlanta. Like I said earlier in the show, the Broncos put themselves in the mix, giving their team, their, their fans, a season. The Broncos host Philly in a game that, hey, listen, they could win that game. They should be favorite. Why not? Be six and four with six with seven games left. That'll be fun. That'll be real fun. 
good fan base in Denver. The Cowboys are home to Atlanta, which I imagine they should be damn near an 8 to 11 point favorite somewhere in that mix. We'll look at the lines a little later. I expect the Cowboys to be firing on all cylinders. The Chiefs, 13-7 over the Packers, a game that lost a lot of its luster when Aaron Rodgers was ruled out with the COVID. But the Packers still hung around. And the Chiefs continue to be what we've been saying all year that they are. An average team. They're just, you know, when you look at when you look at the Chiefs, they just offensively cannot fire on all cylinders. Too many mistakes. I mean, Mahomes was 20 for 37 for a buck 66 and a touchdown. And again, if the pack, if Aaron Rodgers plays, I said this last week when the Chiefs beat the Giants. If the Chiefs would have been playing a good team the week they played the Giants on that Monday night, they get beat by 17 to 20 points. If they would have been playing the Packers with Aaron Rodgers, they get beat by 17 to 20 points. That's just what it comes down to. That's just what it comes down to. Again, they ran for 77 yards. They got bailed out by the fact that Green Bay had Jordan Love playing. Kansas City had 237 yards of offense at home against Green Bay. Green Bay's a nice defensive team, but they shouldn't hold you to 237 yards. Kansas City's schedule is a little tricky. They have to go on the road to the Raiders this week. Then they have two straight home games against the Cowboys who are going to be playing for a one or a two seed. So they're going to come in there and compete. And then they have a divisional game against the Broncos and Raiders and Chargers. They have three in a row. Three in a row. And then they end with the Steelers, Bengals, and the Broncos again on the road. They are not firing on all cylinders. And they travel to the Raiders this week. The Packers are home to Seattle in the return of Russell Wilson. That's all indications are he's a go. So we're going to see. But the Packers, uh, they're in good shape at 7-2. I think they have the tiebreaker. There's no way I can't see Arizona losing at least two more games. If the Packers can figure out a way to run this out with one more loss, they could still be the one seed. If they don't get the one seed, they'll kick themselves in the butt, particularly Aaron Rodgers, for not playing in this game with the COVID situation because this was a win on their schedule. The Titans 28-16 to over the Rams, one of those games that we spoke about where the Rams were actually a touchdown favorite in this game, even though the Titans were coming in at 6-2. and two, You know, total disrespect, especially with Henry not playing. But the Titans came in and just manhandled the Rams physically. Put up 21 points in the second quarter, went up 21-3, and it was never a game after that. Couple There was a couple of turnovers that led to that. A, a, a bad INT by Stafford, pick six. Uh, while he was getting sacked, just tried to throw it away and threw it right into the hands of a defender. Stafford was 31 for 48 for 294, a touchdown and two interceptions. He didn't play that well. You know, I know before the two interceptions, you're reading 31 for 48, 294 and a touch. If you watch this game, you know, they were, they were out of sync the entire night. Couldn't punch it in. They kicked three field goals. They got a They got an oh-by-the-way touchdown, right? A little window-dressing touchdown in the fourth. Nothing really much to 
speak about Tannehill didn't have to do much. It was 19 for 27, especially once the game got to 21-3. They really only ran the ball for about 69 yards, but nobody runs the ball on the Rams. In fact, Tennessee only had 194 total yards of offense, but the defense and the two turnovers were a big factor in that game. The Rams travel to the 49ers. Maybe they can put them out of their misery this week and end that season. And the Titans are home to the Saints. The Colts, 45-30 to 30 over the Jets. Uh, that was on Thursday night. Interesting thing about that game was that when you get a game like that, in fact, that game was 42. It, it, at, at one point, I'm trying to think, that game was, uh, that game was 42-10. Yes, 42-10. to 10. And the Colts were about, uh, the Colts were a, a, a big favorite in this game. About some places it even closed at 11. Most places, most people had it at 9.5, 10, 10.5. And, and the funny thing is that the Jets started putting some points up on the board and throwing the ball and got the game to 40 to 35 and threw an interception inside the red zone where they were going to almost get a backdoor coverage. I know a lot of people were going crazy over that. That was the excitement of this game. That was it right there. The Vegas gambling line. That, that, that was basically it. The Colts went 22 for 30, 272, and three touchdowns. Jonathan Taylor, who's making a run at the MVP here this season, 19 for a buck 72, and two touchdowns. For the Colts, statistically speaking, the Jets came in there with a defensive coordinator as a head coach and gave up 532 yards. That's incredible. And 260 of them on the ground. Incredible. The Colts continue to hang around, and they don't want to go away. Very, It's going to be very hard, though, off that start to get in the playoffs coming out of the of the NFC the schedule too gets a little rougher right they have the Jaguars they should get to 5 and 5 although you know the Jags just come off their biggest win of the year but to be fair they should get to 5 and 5 but how do the Colts get to 10 wins which i believe is going to be the number for a wild card team in the AFC the Bills the Bucks the Texans, that's one, definite. The Patriots, at home, I'll give them a win on that, two. At the Cardinals, Raiders at home, and the Jaguars. I mean, I could see three. How they get to... How they get two more? That's going to be That's going to be a rough one. That's going to be a rough one. The NFL season is so entertaining. So entertaining. And like I said, with all these teams losing this week, it left a lot of these teams in the middle of the pack to make the playoffs now or to have hope of making the playoffs. Very, very interesting. Very, very interesting stretch of games coming up right now triangle link triangle link is the leading manufacturer in the screen printing industry delivering the finest inks for over 35 years check them out at trianglelink.com or call them at 1-800-524-1592 paramus driving school safety and professionalism begins with paramus driving school serving the north jersey area like no other Contact them at ParamusDrivingSchool.com or call them at 201-986-8300. Verona Wine Cellars. 
located on 360 Bloomfield Avenue in Verona, provides top-of-the-line alcohol, especially wines, for any occasion and any price range. Stop in and tell my guy, Art Pete Patel, that Sergio Rodriguez sent you Verona Wine Cellars. The Dolphins beat the Texans 17-19. Not much to say here. It was a ho-hum game, 17-6 at the half. The second half only provided one score, which was a field goal by the Texans. Uh, Statistically speaking, again, nothing much to write home about. Neither team really did much. Neither got over 275 of offense. It was equal across the board, 272 to 262. The Dolphins couldn't run the ball. They only had 47 yards rushing. They're really, you know, this game was really, really, really hard to watch. I probably watched, I'm going to say, two-thirds of the first half and the second half was really on fast forward. Nothing that really jumped out at me. Houston's got a bye next week. The Dolphins play on Thursday night versus Baltimore. The Giants, 23-16 over the Raiders. I told you the Giants would win this game. Too many signs told you that they just weren't going to. The first one was what was something that we always speak about in gambling. One, a West Coast team traveling to the East and playing at 1 o'clock. Red flag number one. The second one, the gambling line. The Raiders were only a two-and-a-half, three-point favorite in this game. That was the second flag. The third one was that the Raiders' strengths matched up very well for the Giants in terms of their strengths. And particularly with the with the secondary that has been playing a little better recently for the Giants. And with Waller being in the in the passing game, that's their strength for the Raiders. But they lose rugs during the week. That took an option away. And you know, the offense, which again is the strength of the Raiders team, really took a hit, and they were playing a team that was pretty geared up to win that game in the Giants. At the end of the day, this is a loss that that could end up costing the Raiders that division because the division's there to be won, and you can't go on the road against a team that's going to be under 500 this year and not win when you're competing for a divisional title. But if you look at their schedule, they they should be able to overcome this because they do have they do have a couple of games that they should win, particularly at home. Now the question is, how do they get to ten or eleven wins to win the division? That's going to be rough for the Raiders because they just gave one up. So they're going to have to take one back. And if you look at their schedule, which one are they going to take back on the road? I mean, I just, they, they, they're the Cowboys, okay. I mean, we just saw Denver beat them, but that's a Thursday night Thanksgiving game. It's a little bit different. And I guess they could get the Chiefs on the road. The Browns. I mean, they lost an opportunity there. The Giants, listen, they're three and five. I know they think that they're in the playoff mix here. I mean, I guess I could. Let's see. Let's see if we can find a path for the Giants into the playoffs. They're at Tampa off their bye. So, do we expect them to win that game? No. They they're going to tell you they played them tough last year, but they're going to be three and seven. Now, how do you get to at least eight wins to give yourself a shot? Home to the Eagles, I'll give you a win. At the Dolphins, I'll give you a win. And I'm doing this trying to get you there. 
Because the Giants aren't good. Because I'm sure the Dolphins are looking at the Giants and saying, that's a win, right? But I'm trying to be, trying to figure out a path here. You got to get those two games. That gets you to five. At the Chargers, no. Home to the Cowboys. Now look, that's an interesting game. That's an interesting game. Because where are the Cowboys going to be in that spot? I still think the Cowboys will be playing for something. You know what? I'll give you a win in that game, but then the problem is you're not going to beat the Eagles on the road the following week again. So I'll give you one of those two wins. I'll give you the Cowboy win. So I'll get you to six wins. Then you're at the Bears. No way you're winning that game on January 1st when it's going to be 19 degrees there. And the Giant, and then you obviously play the Washington football team. Seven wins is the most I could see, and that'll be a push to get to seven. The Giants have a bye. The Raiders on Sunday night play Kansas City. The Ravens 34-31 over the Vikings. The Vikings again snatching defeat from the jaws of victory like no one else can. The Ravens just figure out a way to win these games, whether it's through luck, whether it's through making a play. It just works out for them. You know, this game, Minnesota in total control at 17-3, to 24-10, and they, they let Baltimore fly right by them, and then they actually come down and tie the game to send it to overtime. And then in overtime, they even have a possession off a turnover, and they still can't do anything to get the win. Cousins, 17 for 28, two touchdowns, no interceptions. Dalvin Cook, who's now involved in in, in a domestic abuse situation, a situation where uh, a woman is saying he physically abused her, and he's saying that he's being extorted, so... No matter how this ends up, it's just not a good look. 17 for 110 in the game. The Ravens, Lamar Jackson, 27 for 41, three touchdowns, two interceptions. He also ran 21 times for 120 yards. It's incredible. Incredible. 21 carries. 21 carries. The Ravens travel to Miami. The Vikings travel to the Chargers. The Patriots 24-6 over the Panthers. A complete, complete shutdown of the Panthers offense. The Panthers offense that, you know, has basically become an enigma. The first three weeks, Darnold for MVP. The last... Six weeks, Darnold is the bum that was in the Jets. That's what they're saying. (laughs) I mean, 16 for 33, 172 and three touchdowns for Darnold. You know, Darnold on the season, seven touchdowns, 11 interceptions. He's playing himself out of the NFL. And you know what? I shouldn't say that because he's going to probably always have a job as a backup. He's going to be a guy with a lot of experience. But... This was his shot to rectify what went on with the Jets. And a lot of people like myself gave him a pass because of the talent that he was surrounded with and the coaching that he did not receive. But what we're seeing now is just embarrassing. And give the Pats credit. Damn it, give Bill Belichick credit. He just figures it out. They're 5-4 and four right now. They're home against the Browns, a game they can definitely win. Then they have the Falcons, a game they can definitely win. They also have the Colts, the Jaguars, and the Dolphins on the schedule. They can get to 10 wins. They And with Buffalo opening the door, Patriots are going to get in the playoffs, man. And I'm pumped about that. I'm pumped about that.
about that because, you know, I'm pumped about that because I believe that if they make the playoffs, if they make the playoffs with their defense and the and and the ball possession stuff that they are will utilize, they can they can make some they can make some hay. That'll be a fun thing, and I think that it'll be fun to validate Coach Belichick because after last year's Tampa Super Bowl, a lot of people want to come out of the woodwork to take a shot at him and say that Brady was the reason that he won, et cetera. And, and they're kind of taking credit from this guy. He's the best. The best this league has ever seen. The Patriots home to Cleveland. The Panthers are at Arizona. The Chargers 27 to 24 over the Eagles on the road. A game that I thought the Eagles were going to get. I was very shocked that the Eagles did not win this game. Shocked. Shocked. Um, Not because I believe they were a better team because they're not. But, you know, cold weather. It was going to be a 4 o'clock game. Cold weather. I felt it was going to be a little colder for... For, for a team from the West Coast. Uh, but they came in and Herbert was efficient as hell. 32 for 38. 356, two touchdowns. Zero interceptions. They ran the ball for 89 yards, which is always a good thing. Jalen Hurts, I mean, the Eagles only threw the ball 17 times because they've been running the ball really well. Hurts, 11 for 17, a buck 62 and a touchdown. No turnovers. The Eagles ran the ball 39 times, 10 of those by Hertz for 62 yards. Sometimes when you look at these running totals for the Ravens and the Eagles, you got to like really go into them because you, you you look there and you're like, wow, they're a great running team. But no, they're not. They get a lot of broken yardage plays from the quarterback. But they, I mean, they still ran the ball pretty well with that. They were over 100 even without that. But they were outgained by over 100 yards by the Chargers. And look, no turnovers in this game. It was a clean game. It was a good game. It was an entertaining game to watch. So moving forward there, the Chargers kind of saved their season a little because if they would have gone, if they would have gone to, to, you know, to four and four, in that game, in in a season, it would have been tough, especially with the other teams having five wins. But I think that now at five and three, they have a shot to win that division. The Chargers are home to Minnesota, and the Eagles have a tough one in Denver. The Cardinals, 31-17 over the 49ers. Look. We could do this segment every week. Every week we speak about the 49ers. But the head coach is now 32 and 40. Every week I speak to a 49er fan, except for my cousin Luna, who as a 49er fan, probably is a realist as they come. But every time I speak to a 49er fan, they're going to win the Super Bowl. Never going to happen when you're the fourth best when you have the fourth best quarterback in your division. So that's number one. And they're always going to be really good 10-11 win team. The head coach has only done that one time in five years that he's been there. And he's heading now for five out of six years with losing seasons. And I and all I heard this year was that the injuries were a factor. Well damn it, Arizona played this game without their quarterback and without their Hall of Fame receiver. And they still went in into your home where you have not won and beat you down. I mean, they got beat up like the Cowboys got beat up. They got beat up physically like the Rams got beat up. Except that those teams 
are headed to the playoffs. There was no desperation in the 49ers. Now, an ounce of desperation to win that game. Not an ounce of desperation. The 49ers travel to, or they're home to the Rams on Monday night, and the Cardinals are home to Carolina. The Sergio Rodriguez gambling portion of this show is sponsored by Stan Sports Center. Stan Sports Center is your local full-service authorized team dealer for all of your favorite sports brands. Family-owned and operated, Stan's has proudly supplied apparel, uniforms, equipment, varsity jackets, and much more for the entire tri-state area since 1946. Find them online at stansportctr.com and contact them today for your Sporting goods needs. Let's look at the games this week. Very interesting weekend. A couple of teams that have to bounce back. And again, this is where the separation begins to come. We're going to get some cold weather. Normally around this time of the season, you'll catch a, a game with some high winds, which will affect totals. So let's see what we have here. The bye weeks, the Bears, the Giants, the Bengals, and Houston. The Thursday night game, Baltimore is a seven and a half point favorite. The total's 46 against Miami. Honestly, I would probably bet Miami if I have to. Seven and a half is a lot of points on a short week on the road. Indianapolis is a 10 and a half point favorite. The total's 47 and a half against the Jags. If you learn something in gambling, you learn that Indianapolis had a similar line against the Jets, barely covered. Like I said, the Jets almost got a backdoor covered. Jacksonville's coming in on a high, and it's a divisional game. There is no way, and I'm not laying 10.5 points with a team that's under 500. Take Jacksonville in that game. New England is a 1.5-point favorite. The total's 45 It's a weird line. It's a weird line because if you really look at it, um, they're basically telling you that on a neutral site, Cleveland is a better team. New England really hasn't played well at home. I would lay off that game. Dallas is a nine and a half point favorite at home against Atlanta. That totals 54 and a half. This game could get ugly. If Dallas comes out and shows you an ounce of desperation, Dallas wins this game 35-17. to 17. Buffalo 13, 47.5 over the Jets on the road. This is another tricky game. I, you know what? I might expect this game to be a little closer than normal only because the Jets cannot be this bad against defensively. They have to show some type of pride. I would probably lay off this game. Tennessee's a three-point favorite at home against New Orleans. Weird line. Buyer beware. This is a weird line. A team that's 7-2 and two, just went on the road and beat a Super Bowl favorite or a Super Bowl contender who's probably one of the two top three favorites anyway. Is only a three-point favorite at home against the Saints team? Buyer beware. Tampa's a nine-and-a-half-point favorite on the road against Washington. Totals 51-and-a-half. You might want to see one off the bye. Nine-and-a-half is a lot of points. Washington's defense has been terrible all year. Probably better off going with the total and the over if you have to bet that game. Pittsburgh's an eight and a half point favorite. The total's 42 and a half. I'm not laying eight and a half points with Pittsburgh. I don't think they're that good to give anybody eight and a half points. 
The Chargers are two and a half point favorite at home against Minnesota. Another game, another line that I find weird. This line should be four and a half, five. No way it should be two and a half. No way it should be two and a half. Buyer beware in this one. Arizona's a 10-point favorite at home against Carolina. Too many injuries to know what's going on there. I would say wait to the end of the week, see what goes on, and look at what happened to Dallas with the quarterback coming off a, a missed week. I would say Carolina is the play there. Green Bay, a three-and-a-half-point favorite over Seattle. 49-and-a-half is the total. If it's at three and a half, Seattle might be the play. Although you just never know how Russell Wilson's going to come back also. You don't know how Aaron Rodgers is going to come back. If you have to bet this game, if you have to, bet the total. It's your safest thing and just bet the over because you're probably going to get some turnovers here. Denver is a two and a half point favorite at home over Philly. If that line goes to three, I might go, I might go with... Denver. If it stays at two and a half or goes to two, Philly's got a good shot here. Kansas City's a two and a half point favorite in Vegas. The same way I told you that the Giants were a lock to beat the Raiders, the Raiders win this game. I'm telling you, that's a that that that's a lock special. Take the Raiders plus the two and a half at home. And on Monday night, the Rams are a four point favorite on the road against San Fran, you know, divisional games, always tough. I would say the game's going to go over just because the 49ers struggled on offense. They'll probably clean something up, some things up, give, you know, especially, and they know they're going to have to throw the ball against the Rams team that's great against the run. The Rams were not sharp offensively, so they're going to come out and look to do something. I expect a lot of points in this game uh a winner i don't know listen the rams should win the game divisional games you never really know and the 49ers treat their home field like they're on the road they never win there but definitely a lot of points next week three shows next week we're gonna have a uh major league baseball hot stove with kenny davidoff i'm probably gonna bring on chris Oliveira from Sirius with him so we could discuss it, probably do an hour show and discuss a lot of the free agents and some of the things that are going to be going on with the labor situation in Major League Baseball. We're also going to do an NCAA hoops preview with Zach Braziller in towards the uh, early part of the week, actually. We'll probably do that show first on Monday. Kenny Davidoff and Chris in the middle of the week sometime when our football show comes out remember that you've been listening to the sergio rodriguez show a show unlike any other